Good evening. My name is Greg Gilmer, and this is my lovely wife, Tanya Gilmer. And I've already started crying, so <laughs> that song gets me because he does love us so much. <laughs> well, in March of 2013, we walked into this room with gaping wounds in our marriage and fear for our future. But we also had hope, and most importantly, we had God on our side. This is God's story of redemption in the lives of two broken people and his restoration of a broken marriage. We were the perfect couple. If anyone was going to have a happily ever after, it was going to be us. We both grew up in loving Christian homes um, with committed parents who are still married today. We were both raised in church every time the doors opened, and each of us accepted Christ as our Savior um, and were baptized around age nine. My parents were not without flaws. My mom could be as stubborn as a mule, and dad had a short fuse and could get pretty angry at times. I didn't date uh, much during high school and was really kind of shy back then. A month after graduating high school, we found out mom had breast cancer, and feelings of anger arose, and I could see my dad's patterns coming out in me. I never saw my parents fight. Uh, My dad would go above and beyond to make my mom happy. Our Bibles were picked up on Sundays and rarely any other day. In my Christian school and church, we dressed our best, didn't sin, and certainly didn't talk about our sins if there were any. So I got pretty good at hiding any rebellious behavior. Um, I was also interested in boys and began dating at an early age. Tanya and I met under the most godly of circumstances at a rock concert. (laughs) When I spotted this beautiful brunette sitting near my friend, I thought, jackpot. It was love at first sight for me. In 16-year-old terms, Greg was hot. Though at a rock concert, some of our first conversations were about church and our faith. Handsome, sweet, and a Christian, Greg was the whole package. At 16 and 17 years old, uh, we began a five-year dating journey that was mostly conflict-free and a lot of fun. Uh, with shared adventures together, including youth ski trips, gallivanting around France with my school French group, and serving together in college ministry at UNT. And I think they have a dating picture. (laughs) And I still miss that car. 1969 Ford Mustang Grande 302. Yeah, I don't don't miss that vest, though. Okay, Greg proposed to me on Valentine's Day. Um, Engagement was exciting, but also brought about some of the first real conflict. Each fight would cause me to question, are we making a mistake? I hoped Greg wouldn't carry his father's anger issues into our marriage. Overall, we felt prepared for marriage, having done two Christian premarital counseling courses. We married during spring break of Tanya's third year of college. I had just graduated and gotten a job. We had a beautiful Hawaiian honeymoon and came home to our first apartment and really had a great first year of marriage. After Tanya uh, graduated college, we moved to Dallas and both worked at the same advertising agency. We enjoyed our new freedom and began regularly going to clubs and drinking and not very regularly attending church. 
After a year of working in advertising, I went to work for my dad. And a year later, Greg joined the family business. Early on, this was a great arrangement, um, but it would lead to some difficulties later in our marriage. After visiting several churches, we settled on Watermark sometime in 2001. We got in community and began serving, but in many ways we were still cultural Christians, just not consistently putting God first in all things. Our first daughter, Helena, was born one week after our fifth anniversary, and we were so proud. Things changed rapidly over the next few years. We had two surprise daughters within three years, and our oldest proved to be extremely challenging. Uh, We moved to a different city, um, a house we couldn't afford, and we had a cycle of credit card debt. We also moved to a new church uh, where we got into community and served. But later, the pastor, who we really liked and had been in community with, um, left. I was still trying to work, but was overwhelmed and often depressed. I recall one night holding our sweet, colicky newborn. I told Greg, if it wasn't for these kids, I'd leave you. After a particularly hurtful fight, we sought help and actually began our first round of re-engage in 2009. But it would not be our last. As conflict returned, I didn't believe I needed counseling or help. I could figure things out myself. I became disillusioned with life, my career, beliefs, etc., and we were drinking too much alcohol at times. Although I was leading Sunday school at church, at home I was not leading my family as God intended me to. Feeling lonely and isolated, I expressed a desire to try another church where I could develop close friendships, maybe even go back to Watermark. Sundays had become a burden rather than a blessing for me, as Greg would leave early to set up for teaching, and I would wrangle kids, often arriving late and stressed out. Valentine's Day 2011, a nice date turned into a fight. Shortly after, some changes at work added to family stress. Just as the office manager resigned, an overwhelming uh, flood of work came in, meaning that Tanya would have to fill in and work overtime. To keep up with deadlines, I began working 12-hour days for weeks on end. I was overwhelmed with work, isolated from friends, and disillusioned with life. 1 Peter 5.8 says, The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I was ripe for devouring and was now working closely with a male co-worker that had been a friend, too. I began seeking to have emotional needs met by him. Flirting sparked an attraction, and before long, a physical affair that continued off and on for about four months. These months were an emotional roller coaster from deep shame and depression to seeking another fleeting high. Um, I felt trapped in my own dark vortex of sin. I had committed the sin of adultery. In my mind, this was the one unforgivable sin, or at least the sin that Greg had always told me he would leave me for. I was sure our marriage was doomed. Things were strained uh, between us. I even remember after seeing a Facebook message asking Tanya if there was anything going on with someone else. She said no. As was a pattern in our marriage during tough times, we planned a getaway. After all, a vacation we couldn't afford would make things all better. So in June, we headed to Key West. Another great decision. (laughs) After a snorkeling booze cruise, Tanya and I had an argument while walking back to the hotel. Tanya went down the road she thought was right, and I left her choosing a different path. I remember thinking, how could he leave me alone in a strange place? 
Um, it sounds really selfish, but it was the final straw, and I decided that when we got back to the hotel, I would tell him that I wanted to leave him. So that's what I did. But I was determined that I could not be honest about why. If pushed, I would say the affair was just emotional. I was shell, uh, shell-shocked. Immediately I asked if there was someone else, and she hesitantly told me it was our coworker who I thought was my friend. How could she do this to me? She assured me that the affair was mostly emotional, but admitted they had kissed and there had been some sexting. Surprisingly, although Greg was angry and upset, he actually told me he wanted me to stay. Hearing his reassurances and then coming home to our children was a wake-up call. I decided to retire from work and was ready to stay. Oh, yeah. So... But I knew I had to lock up the full truth of the affair and keep it hidden forever. I had, I had confessed my sins to God, and that was that. Why should I need to confess to Greg? It would only hurt him, and I was sure he would never forgive me. The day after we got back, I met with the co-worker to verify stories. He told me the same thing, and he soon resigned. So I thought, I can work through this. We met with our old pastor who gave good counsel, recommended a good church in Plano, and a fantastic Christian marriage counselor. Our first first Sunday at the church, the message was on God's discipline and the Israelites wandering in the desert. I wrote this in my Bible. You are either in Egypt, fertile land, the Sinai desert, God's discipline and provision, or in the promised land. I felt that God was speaking directly to us and that we could make it out of the desert. We were making strides at getting right with God, but weren't there yet. We never really got in community and remained fairly isolated. Struggles during these years for me included focusing on work, venting with anger, and the constant suspicion that Tanya wasn't telling me everything. I escaped the pain with alcohol, pornography, and lustful thoughts. I certainly had not closed all doors of escape. At one point, meeting up with another woman and entertaining the thought, what would it be like to have an affair? In summer of 2012, we moved back to Dallas, but continued driving up north for church. Until one Sunday, the sermon on the importance of community spoke to us. God led us back to Watermark to seek community. We followed his direction and were immediately affected by the sermon series on marriage and parenting. There was also an upcoming marriage conference, which Tanya wanted to go to, but I wasn't ready to open myself up to the chance of having to talk about our past. When Greg wouldn't go to the marriage conference, I thought maybe we could try re-engage again. I pulled up their webpage and watched a video of the Cox's testimony, and I was blown away. Their story gave me hope and the courage to come clean to Greg. I had been in Bible study fellowship studying Genesis and learning how so many great Bible figures made huge mistakes. Though their sins had consequences, there was abounding grace. And God still used those sinful people for good. I related to the cries of an adulterous King David in Psalm 32, 1 through 5. I'll paraphrase. What joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record has been cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I knew God forgave me, and I prayed Greg could too. 
We had been faking peace for years. If our marriage was ever going to regain emotional intimacy, I had to confess. Still, I was terrified. But God had it under control and put a friend in my path. She served and re-engaged, so I thought she was probably a safe person to confide in. Lo and behold, she shared a very similar story. She was such a source of biblical wisdom, encouragement, and prayer. After much prayer and weeping, I sat Greg down one night after the kids were in bed and told him what he had feared all along, that the affair had in fact been physical. The room began to spin, and I remember getting off of the bed and sitting down in the corner while Tanya spoke. In a way, it was a relief to finally hear the truth. I was heading to L.A. the next day for a bachelor party for her best friend and got about 45 minutes of sleep. A day later, while swimming in the icy Pacific, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 came to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I had not done this in so long. Again, I felt God was speaking and saying, I love your family too much to let you fall. After getting uh, back in town, I met with our counselor and also met with the husband of the woman who'd been counseling Tanya. I was completely broken and open to God's guidance. It was important to me that we get to re-engage ASAP. There was a great deal of undeniable spiritual warfare going on with both of us. The devil was working overtime to have us believing lies and keep us from reconciling. The first night we planned to go to re-engage followed a really tough day for Greg, which led to him leaving the house after he got home and me crying on the bathroom floor with suicidal thoughts. When Greg returned and found me there sobbing and saying, I just feel hopeless, he reached out his hand to pull me up and said, well, let's go get some hope. And we went to re-engage to begin our journey of healing. Coming to re-engage that first night was scary, but as the Lord does, he comforted us with old friends from our past time at Watermark. I was amazed at Roland Susan's story of redemption, and I felt encouraged. The following months held ups and downs. Often Tanya and I were operating at two different speeds but we committed to the process, to each other, and most importantly, to God. I had a renewed spiritual vitality, feeling a weight lifted from bringing my sin into the light. God's provision was amazing. He continued to bring people into our lives to encourage us through this tough season. The first night in closed group, we discovered that a couple who had served in college ministry with us was in our same group. Our re-engaged leaders were awesome, and our group formed a close community. The guys in our group also went through uh, Summit, the men's Bible study here at Watermark, uh, which was a great source of encouragement and accountability for me. As re-engage was ending, I was terrified. We'd gained so much ground, and I never wanted to be in isolation again. God answered prayer and led us into community with the very same couple that had helped counsel us early on and had still been helping us along the way. We also quickly began serving and re-engage, and both have been a huge blessing. I praise God for the mighty work He has done in our lives. When I look back at the path of self-destruction I was on, I'm even more amazed that we have a God that Scripture says will never leave us or forsake us, and that desires to seek and save the lost. 
I was like a sheep that had gone astray, and Jesus rescued me. I have seen such spiritual growth in Greg as he abides with Christ. He has grown in humility, forgiveness, and gained more control of his struggles with anger and lust. He is leading our family as God intended, and my respect for him grows even more as I watch him lead our re-engage group, lead men in Bible study, and faithfully read God's word. When God steps in to save a marriage, it impacts the whole family. Our children see a difference in how we love each other and them. They've actually asked me at times, Mom, did you have a midlife crisis or something? (laughs) And how'd you get to loving Jesus so much? (laughs) And their desire to know God has grown, um, and they love to pray and read the Bible with us. I've been so blessed and encouraged with Tanya's spiritual growth. She's absolutely made God in the study of His Word a priority in her life. The changes in her character, actions, and love she shows to our family is incredible. I'm so proud to be her husband. God's still working on us, and uh, we strive for growth in our communication, managing expectations, and most of all, faithfully abiding with Christ. By God's grace, we will celebrate 17 years of marriage next March. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.